The Reluctant Mentor, Chapter 1 Athergast was an okay wizard, as far as wizards go, but he wasn't the best, and at his age, that wasn't likely to change. Even if you didn't know Athergast personally, you could probably guess at his disposition with a single look. He had the permanent, pincered expression of someone catching a whiff of old cat litter. He wore the usual attire, a long gray beard, unruly eyebrows, midnight blue robes, a knobbly staff, and hunched shoulders from years of studious reading. He had to look the part because he, like all wizards of the fourth degree for the Academy of High Wizardry, had the foot-wearing duty of knocking on front doors and informing unsuspecting farmhands of their destiny. But by the point of his very pointy hat, Athergast found his job boring. Unfortunately, there weren't a lot of occupations available, and one had to grasp any opportunity, especially if it offered tenure. As a hero mentor, it was with a feeling of great pride that to date, Athergast hadn't perished via falling into a fiery pit or being cast from a high tower, as was the fate of many in his profession, usually at the fault of the aspiring hero. There was a time, in his younger years, when Athergast believed he'd be the hero. He trained his whole life to be one of the greats, studying his spells, honing his skills, never going out on any dates. Okay, that last one wasn't entirely his choice, but he'd done all that only to see some bratty 14-year-old levitate rocks or swing a sword for two weeks before running off and saving the world. Mentors didn't get songs written about them. The most recognition they got was for the shape of their nose. But that was the way of things. So, when Athergast wasn't knocking on doors, he was a teacher. And they didn't pay him nearly enough for the sort of poppy-flopping he went through. He'd given the welcome to magic speech so often he could recite it in his sleep, and in fact had on more than one occasion, according to disgruntled roommates over the years. Of course, everyone in his Magic for Beginners class knew of magic, but very few saw it in action until the Academy. Athergast was an old man now, and a grumpy one, though that had mostly to do with the arthritis in his knees. Athergast the Advisor was his wizard title. He'd thought about the gray for the color of his beard, but a former colleague already took it, and the Academy suspended him after he flew around on a big bird whilst his hero was in grave danger. He'd tried rebranding by changing the color of his robes, as if no one would notice. Athergast had never got on with the gray chap, but he attributed that to the time he'd walked in on him talking to a moth. Athergast wore his title with the pride of a hound caught sniffing crotches. To be an advisor was to be reliably dull. Wizards of the fourth degree, of the seven degrees there were, were expected to be humble fellows. A fellow is a gender-neutral term for someone who really couldn't be bothered coming up with a whole new word for a gaggle of academics, especially when women tended to be too smart for the profession. Athergast had been humbled, certainly, but humble? He'd like to see them try. Oh, bother! Athergast snapped, sucking at the end of his thumb. Blasted paper. He slammed the book shut. No use anyways, he muttered to himself, mostly because there was no one else to mutter to. He was quite alone in the big library. Or so he thought, until he heard a high-pitched peep behind him. Athergast leapt to his feet and whirled around. He squinted into the shadows. Who said that? Peep! He whirled again, 
this time spotting the little wretch before it could make its escape. It perched atop his desk, its scaly nose hunting the air. No, Athergast said at once, pointing at the little beast. I haven't got any. Peep, peeped the creature. Athergast glared at it for a moment, then another, then relented. Oh, all right, you can have it. He rummaged in his robe until he produced a rolled cigar and dropped it in front of the creature. It opened a mouth of razor-sharp teeth and devoured it in an instant, then sat back on its haunches and peeped for more. That stuff will kill you, Athergast muttered. It peeped predictably. Forget it. What's a Dahlia doing in here anyhow? Snuck in through the window, did you? The Dahlia stared up at the library's high arched windows. You could almost perceive a raised eyebrow, if it had one. Athergast followed its gaze. All right, in a student's pocket, then? The Dahlia gave no answer, which was expected given most animals did very little in the way of talking. It began snuffling at the desk again. Athergast eyed it. That was my last one. He scooped up the creature, which was about the size of a rabbit and had much the same look but for the scaly snout and long rat's tail. It chirruped as he tucked it under his arm, sidled his book bag over the other, and carried the little intruder outside. It was night, and most of the academy slept or sat in their candlelit offices poring over thick books written by long-dead wizards. It was a wizard's duty to study. In fact, that's all they were tasked with most days. When push came to shove, their main talent was to dole out timely, sage advice to their young charges. The world was full of warriors, Barbarians and good-for-nothing warlocks, people who used magic innately and didn't bother with the whole mess of rules and magical balances. They felt angry and a firestorm erupted. They felt sad and a rainstorm appeared. They felt a sudden attraction for a nearby colleague and, well, Athergast didn't want to know what fell from the sky then. The world didn't need old men with staffs anymore, shouting in complicated languages just to conjure a simple ball of light. Athergast found a neatly trimmed hedge outside the library doors and settled the dahlia into the dirt. It peeped, its big black eyes infinite wells of gravity. It was, Athergast had to admit, kind of cute. Go on, then. It brushed back its whiskers. I don't need an animal companion. I'm just fine on my own, thank you very much. It tilted its head at him. I like being alone, he insisted, then let out a sigh. If I give you another cigar, will you go? It cocked its head as if considering, then chirruped. Grumbling about the cost of anything these days, Athergast dug out another cigar and held it up. This really is my last one. I mean it. He didn't, but what did it know? The Dahlia accepted the offering by blinking at him. I'm going to leave now, Athergast told it. The Dahlia didn't move, not even to take the cigar. Well, goodbye then. He turned and walked off. The Dahlia grabbed the cigar in its teeth and cantered after him. There were far too many stairs in Wizard's Towers. Athergast couldn't see why with all the magic bandied about, but he also couldn't be bothered to make a fuss. A petition for any sort of change at the Academy, even a request for sugar-free pudding alternatives, was met with an official bill brought before the board for approval. After many months of meetings and subcommittees, the bill would be voted on. Not for the bill itself, but for what level of priority it held amidst the hundreds of others in the queue. Admittedly, his bedroom had quite a nice view of the sprawling city of Valarius, but it was hardly worth the trouble to his knees to ascend those stairs. 
Magic had many fantastical qualities. It could rewrite a minute, call a lightning bolt, change one's appearance, and force a deep sleep. But up against an old man's arthritis, magic, it seemed, was stumped. Athergast took a swig of salted licorice extract and buried himself under the mound of mismatched quilts in his four-poster. As with all men his age, the moment his weary head rested on the pillow, his chamber pot became his only thought. Grumbling about his bladder, the old wizard hobbled back out of bed. The sun rose like it always did, because that was its job and nobody else was going to bloody well do it. Athergast the wizard was already awake and sitting up, staring at the foot of his bed, where the dahlia lay curled up and purring happily between his sprawled feet. Athergast's eyes strayed to the chest in the corner, which the creature had thoroughly ransacked in the night. The flaky remains of dried tobacco leaves scattered the stonework. Had a nice snack, did you? He glowered. When the dahlia didn't bother waking, he kicked up his foot, sending it rolling onto its back. The dahlia yawned, then blinked up at Athergast and peeped. You're mocking me, he decided. It peeped again. I don't know why I bother. The wizard got out of bed and began dressing. Come on, then. He held the door open. Our first class starts in an hour. The dahlia trotted after him, its long tail swishing in triumph. And that, class, is why you should never ask a dragon for their middle name. Athergast waved a hand, and the illusion of charred ashes vanished. The class stirred, one student distinctly snorting awake as his deskmate elbowed him in the ribs. A nervous figure stood at the door, watching Athergast as the students filed out. Yes, Athergast snapped. He had thin patience after the third student made an innuendo about pocket wands. Humor was so pedestrian these days. The, uh, board would like to see you, sir, the boy said. All thoughts of magical sticks fled his mind. Being called on by the board could mean one of two things, and he doubted he was lucky enough to be sacked. Athergast slumped his shoulders. Right, I'll just be off then. No, he crooked an already crooked finger at the dahlia as it emerged from under his desk with an expectant nose twitch. You're not coming. He turned back to the boy. Watch peepers for me, will you? Without waiting for a response, Athergast swept from the room. This was it. One last big mission before he could finally retire. Athergast could sense it. Or was that wind from the meat pie he'd eaten for lunch? He hesitated, then gave a knock befitting the size of the door. Enter, came a wheezy voice from the other side. Athergast pushed in and stared around at the white-haired assembly. The expansive wood-paneled room smelled faintly of sulfur, as befitted its magic-wielding inhabitants. Why the scent of wizard's magic was bad eggs was anyone's guess. Some lesson in humility, Athergast thought. Hello, esteemed, he began. Sit, said the large woman at the head of the table, her spectacles doubling the enormity of her black eyes. Athergast pulled back the only empty chair with as much dignity as he could muster. Incidentally, at his age, this was no easy feat and it budged only at severe prompting, scraping along the ancient stonework at a pitch Athergast's ears no longer picked up. He sat. Athergast the advisor, the board summons you today for a mission of utmost importance, announced Headmistress Coraline. Though few women chose to be wizards, most, the academy had decided early on, 
were well-suited to the task of keeping men in order and telling them what to do. Athergas glanced around at the other wrinkled faces in the room, but they were consecutively blank, so he stifled the churlish response and waited for the headmistress to continue. Fate has chosen you to travel to the kingdom's capital and reveal a very important destiny to a young golden-haired hero. As far as assignments went, this was all the usual hubbub. A tall, handsome hero with humble beginnings who somehow didn't realize how attractive they were, probably because their poor upbringing kept them from owning a mirror or understanding the reflective qualities of a pool of stagnant water. The board's heads all swiveled to survey Athergast. He gave a polite cough, indicating he'd heard. When that didn't seem an adequate response, he said, Sounds good? That seemed to satisfy the headmistress. This is a very big, very important assignment. Yes, and any failure on your part will have dire consequences. All right. Athergast was starting to wonder why they'd chosen him, when the headmistress grimaced and answered his thoughts. Everyone else was busy. Ah, so it'll have to be you. Naturally, Athergast said. So who's the big savior this time? Headmistress Coraline threw a sidelong glance at several board members before clearing her throat. It's the prince. Is that some sort of nickname? It's the prince. Next in line for the throne, future ruler of all of Thalia. Uh-huh. And we think he'll buy in? She blinked. He has to. It's his destiny. So say the runes, echoed the dozen white-haired men in unison. Athergast ignored them. Sure, but he's the prince. He's already got a destiny. He doesn't have time for another one. I'm afraid this is how it has to be. Sure, but won't the king and queen? Her withering glare shut him up. Wilhelm the Wonderful has a contract with all the details. She waved a hand. On cue, the bent old man shuffled some papers and slid them across the long table. They stuttered halfway over the surface, and the others brushed them in Athergast's direction. Thanks, he muttered, gathering the disorganized mess and peering through the pages. That's a lot of space for signatures. Precautions, the headmistress said. I suppose there's no saying no, Athergast hazarded. Certainly not. And the compensation? Adequate. Adequate was a level 8 of 10 on the salary bar. It was more than enough to retire on. He clicked the end of his ballpoint pen, truly one of his most magical possessions, and smiled. And what's my daily stipend?